This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to another Kerry Dixon show with, of course, the legend that is Kerry Dixon. And, of course, the show's in association with Chelsea Fan 12, the tw- home of the 12th man, the fan. And, of course, check out their website for some fantastic memorabilia signed by current and former players, including Kerry. Uh, and they also have lots of news. And, of course, they do a video which they record after every home game with the wonderful Chopper Harris and Gary Chivers in the Butcher's Hook pub. So you can either watch that online or uh, or check it out yourself if you're there at the game. And, of course, you can follow them on Twitter, which is at Fan12Chelsea. Good afternoon, Kerry. How are you today? Well, I'm quite quite good, then, uh, David. I think uh, after last night's... Uh, well, I don't know how to put it. I thought it was going to be a comfortable bore. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> right in the last minute, uh, I thought, oh, my God, another half an hour and, and penalties possibly. And, um, and then 14 seconds later, all of them thoughts were banished and we were in the semi-final. So how am I? Yep, um, I'm pleased. Um, <laughs> relieved as well, I would have thought. Re- pleased, relieved. Um, would have preferred, you know, if I'm going to be totally honest, um, Bristol City and uh, just to prove that Chelsea could do what Manchester United couldn't do. <laughs> and uh, put them put them to the sword over two legs, but uh, it's going to have to be the Gooners, and uh, it's going to be a very interesting January. It is indeed. It is indeed. I mean, you know, that's for me. That's classic Chelsea. I mean, they've always put you through it. So, uh, in in a sense, I wasn't surprised in the least. But uh, I think uh, it was an interesting match, wasn't it? I mean, two great goals, but not a great performance really. But ultimately, it's it's a quarter final. It's all about the win, isn't it? Yes, I've got to say the performances haven't been great. But listen, we we seem to be moaning about everything going. We want perfection. I suppose we're used to perfection yeah. after winning a title last year and everything else. We, you know, we sound like you know pundits always look for something negative when the team are doing okay. And let's be honest, they're doing okay. First half half term report, if you like, um, Christmas time is is not bad. You know, um, we're in all competitions um, with a view to possibly winning. 
all of them um, doubtful Premier League at this stage, but we're in with a shout, and we're in with a better shout than most. Um, semi-finals against Arsenal, home and away, and then possibly, well, I would say Manchester City in the final, if that be the case, uh, in the League Cup, Norwich away, and of course, Barcelona. So, it's going to be very interesting, and I've got to say, team are doing okay. Room for improvement, last two results um, and performances, not quite up to scratch, but we come through. Well, if, if we if we ignore the negative for a minute and and yep. uh, you know do what most pundits wouldn't do, and that's just focus on the positive, um, then really it has to be Ethan Ampadu's performance last night. I mean, I mean you've been around the game a long time. I mean, have you seen many more impressive kind of I mean proper kind of debut performances by somebody so young? I mean, he he, he looked way beyond seventeen years old, didn't he? Yes, he did, and. Uh... You know, it's uh, it's a credit to him that he's got himself in there, and uh, and indeed in a starting lineup, um, given the opportunity. And um, you know, he, I'm not going to say he's took it, but he's he's certainly given the manager um, food for thought. And um, whether the manager's prepared to throw him in in you know bigger games, but I'm sure he'll get he will get games based on what I've seen last night. Um, it's it's you know against arguably a Premier League side um, trying to get through in a cup competition. And you acquitted himself very well indeed. Mm. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because he play, he can play centre back and and centre midfield. You know, as a, as a defensive midfielder, uh, a bit like somebody else with a very similar haircut, a certain uh, David Luiz. And uh, I know there's lots of rumour mongering in in the media at the moment about Luiz possibly being off uh, in the January transfer window. I mean, personally, I hope he doesn't. I, I'm I'm quite a fan of Luiz. I think I think he's a great character and. I'm all for players like him staying at the club. But, uh, you know, it, it, it just shows you that Ampadu could be, you know, the next one off the block. I'm also wondering, I mean, you know, one of the things we have seen this season is is, is Andreas Christensen absolutely break through um, to the extent where I think he's, you know, he's in pole position now in that in that spot in the defence. Um, so do you think that Ampadu's got a chance of breaking through in the same way that Christensen does? Or has he got a little bit a, a little bit more time to go yet, perhaps? Uh, well, I'm not sure the manager. I mean, he'd have to be in a pretty strong position. And I'm not saying he's not. And I'm not certainly not indicating that he's, uh, you know, looking to be removed or, or, or going to leave or anything like that. But to have a situation with Ampadu, Christensen and A and other um, as your first choice back three, if that's going to be the case, um, it'd be a brave, very brave man indeed, I think. I think you yeah. have the experience have the experience of a Rudiger, a K.O. as Piliqueta, you know, and, you know, Given the choice of games, you know you you, you put uh, you put Christensen in as in pole. You believe? Uh, mm. I don't know. I, I don't know about that. Um, I wouldn't dispute it, but I don't necessarily think pole. I mean, as Pelicueta will probably play every game. Kale, I don't know majority of the games. Rudiger, Christensen. I don't know. When you think that's uh, that's the the, the people, if you if you're looking to overlook David Luiz, and we could deal with that one in a while if you want, but they're the ones in front of Ampadu, and uh, mm. it, it's five it's five pretty solid players and who've proven in the position before Ampadu manages. Well, he's got to get in front in front of three of them. If you take Luiz out, he's got to get in front of two on a regular basis. And uh, or, or, or well, even if if you look at it like you know, if the centre spot is between Luiz and Christensen, which I think actually it probably is. Then he's third. He's third in the he's third in line for that. I think, which would make more sense. 
Yeah. Yeah. Arguably. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'll, I'm going to buy that. But then, you know, if he gets past Louise, uh, you know, Christensen is the main one. And having just broken yeah. through and giving decent performances um, and not doing anything wrong, um, look, he's got a lot to do. But it was very pleasing mm. last night. And uh, yeah. uh, once again, another promising youngster. Um, yeah. You know, you look at the bench and there was uh, two or three more um, waiting to get the opportunity and you know his competition has been pretty good um for youngsters you know given the opportunity and you know we've seen it before though we've seen it you know josh mckeckran onwards pretty much and we've seen you know lost his cheek come and go you know nathaniel calabar you know we've seen him come and go and you know in this be used in this competition some promising charlie Masonda even this season and you know and they come and go and whether they get the opportunity to play on a regular basis remains to be seen and you know it's in the hands of the manager but uh, we're still chasing trophies and uh, the young lad didn't do himself any harm at all last night No, I absolutely agree with that and uh, well let, let's hope he can carry on uh, carry on when he gets an opportunity proving to the manager what a good player he is I'm sure we'd all love to see that. Um, just a kind of a, a slight aside uh, of the evening. It was kind of a, in a sense, a tale of two shirts. Uh, Mitchy Batshuayi, having got a, a an infrequent uh, opportunity to start, uh, managed to tuck his shirt in finally, which caught the attention of many people. That I was obviously I well, I couldn't make it last night, so I was kind of following it on the radio and Twitter, and there was a lot of angst about the fact that Mitchy doesn't tuck his shirt in and of course he went and did that which is lovely to see uh, and then of course uh, Alvaro Morata tucks the ball under his shirt and uh, and then gets booked for uh, for kicking the ball at or away from I can't remember the, the I think it was Cook wasn't it from Bournemouth who he had a bit of a tussle with which of course means he uh, he misses Everton uh, away on Saturday I mean it's a bit of a funny thing I think a lot of people were like moaning like stink about Lee Mason for booking him for for just a quirky celebration but I think the reality was he got booked for kicking the ball away which is fair enough but it's a bit of a stupid booking either way isn't it Kerry? Yes it is I mean I'm not going to jump on his back for that I'm just so pleased he got the goal um, yeah. you know um if you're on full bookings, what is it? Uh, you, you can refresh my um, knowledge if you five, like. Five bookings and you get a ban. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. But how far did he have to go before the ban wasn't going to come? Because what I'm gonna, what I was going to say is we've, we've got a load of games coming up. Yeah. If, it's, if it's another month, he's going to—he's inevitably going to pick up the ban anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everton is not not good. There's no good game to be banned. Um, but at the moment, we've got a, a clean bill of health in that area. You know, back to where I could play. We could play the. Three whippets, if you like, you know, Pedro, Hazard, William, um, or, or, or any other combination that uh, is chosen by the manager. So if he's going to miss Everton away, um, then so be it. He'll be available for the rest of the Christmas programme. So, mm. you know, it's sweet the roundabouts as far as that's concerned. But yeah, silly booking. Um, I, don't, I just wonder, you know, I, I, I don't know. Uh, these things can't, you, you can't even uh, put these things. Uh, and, and say, you know, people pick up bookings. I've seen people saying, did he know? And did he want the booking? And oh, I don't know. Um, he's got it anyway. He's out of the game, and uh, the manager will pick a team to try and win the game. Well, at least he'll have a nice Christmas, Kerry, because he won't have to play on Saturday. I'm, I'm not that, well, not that yeah. I'm being cynical at all in any way, shape, or form. Um, uh, listen, let's, let, let's just wrap the conversation up about last night's game because I mean, actually, they were two excellent goals, weren't they? And I mean, I, I'll talk a little bit more about I think some of the creative play that we've had recently when we when we look at the Southampton match from last Saturday. But um, as you so rightly said, we're into another semi final and it's against Arsenal, so that'll be great. In fact, we're going to have Arsenal. 
three times in the space of a couple of weeks, as it nearly always happens in cup matches. I, I think it's very quirky that that often happens, that you end up playing in the cup, a team that you're playing in the league at the same time. Now, here's a good stat for you. It's our 32nd semi-final appearance since 1994. How about that? Very good. Um, it's astonishing, isn't it? Yeah, very good indeed, yeah. Um, long may it continue. And this is what the club's all about, pretty much. Um, mm. But, you know, in, in the modern era of football, and, you know, that's what's expected. Um, let's hope we can turn it into X amount of finals. I dare say you're going to come up with a stat on that one, or have you not got that one? But, uh, well, I could, I could work it out. Semis, yeah, after 34 yeah. semis, you've got to think, well, I don't know how many were converted into into finals. but uh, Into trophies, someone, well... Someone, somewhere will tell us. No, I can tell you now. I've got it in front of me. I mean, in fact, I'm going to run through the whole lot because I think it's just such a wonder. You know, it, you, we, you forget. You get. You kind of get a bit blasé about it. But 32 semi-finals since 1994, and of course that was against uh, you, you know against you. You were playing for Luton that day, of course, in the FA mm, Cup. Yeah. So we went on. We went on to the final there and lost it, of course. Uh, 95, the semi-final against Real Zaragoza, which we lost. Uh, then Man United semi-final in 96, which we lost. Uh, and then, of course, we won against Wimbledon in 97. Uh, we won against Arsenal in 98. Uh, we won against Vicenza, of course, in the uh, in the European Cup Winners' Cup. Although, uh, we've got... Oh, yeah, and then there was 1999, we lost against Real Mallorca. Then we beat Newcastle, beat Fulham, uh, beat Tottenham. No, we lost to Tottenham. I was there at that one. That was horrible. Uh, lost to Monaco, lost to Man United, uh, lost to Liverpool... Beat uh, lost to Liverpool again. Uh, beat Wickham Wanderers. Beat Blackburn. Lost to Liverpool. This is Champions League semi-final. Uh, and then this bloody print so small. Then we we beat Everton. We beat Liverpool. We beat Arsenal. Beat Barcelona. No, then that was the 2009 uh, when Barcelona got the last minute goal. Then we beat Villa. Then we absolutely hammered Tottenham 5-1 in 2012 in the FA Cup semi-final. And, of course, we famously beat Barcelona in the Champions League semi-final. Then the World Club competition, Monterey, we beat them. Then we lost to Swansea in the League Cup semi-final 2013 and lost to City in the FA Cup. Beat Basel in the Europa League. And then in 2014, we lost the Champions League semi-final. Uh, and then we we beat Liverpool in the League Cup semi-final in 2015 beat Tottenham in the FA Cup semi-final in 2017, and that was the last semi-final we were in. But, I mean, I think, you know, we, we, we just a quick scan down there. We, 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 we've won about half. We've gone on more than half of them, I think, we've won, and I think we probably about a third of them we've won the trophy. So I think, you know, for somebody like, like you know, of my generation, when we had a gap between 72, I think, and 1994... It, that's just you know I could never have imagined that we would have you know and I mean you know when you get to a semi-final okay of course you want to win but that's where a club like Chelsea should be and I think it's fantastic to see it and it's no surprise to me you know how you know how good the atmosphere was last night at the bridge and you compare that to Arsenal which was you know looked pretty empty to me the Emirates but you know Chelsea supporters love cup competitions and I think with that track record in the last you know, 30-odd years. You can see why, can't you? Well, a fair blast of uh, nostalgia for all the uh, people listening in, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, some great names, some great games, and, uh, you know, obviously some great conversion rates uh, as far as uh, finals and trophies are concerned. 
Um, yeah, and I fully understand. Obviously, I played during the time that you were talking about, yeah. and there weren't too many semi-finals. And um, you know, it, it's wonderful for the modern Chelsea supporter to actually um, be involved uh, uh, and support a club that you know um, uh, are giving this opportunity to their fans. And you know, on a fairly regular basis, let's be honest. I mean, pretty much most seasons we're, we're getting to the semi. Yeah. Or semi-final of one competition, or in and around it, you know. And uh, you know, this is exactly what Roman um, envisaged when he bought the club. And he, he, you know, he wanted to turn it into a power that would challenge for every trophy that they're in. And uh, providing uh, it's been managed correctly, and you know, various people have managed the club to various uh, degrees of success. So, yeah, I mean, it is where we are, um, and long may it continue. And, and the supporters and everyone else connected with the football club. Um, are there to enjoy it at the moment because uh, it's all been made possible. You know, I have to have to be honest. You know, by Roma's money, um, and you know, and the managers that have been put in place and and not put in place. You know, but uh, we are one of the powers. I heard someone moaning about um, the amount Manchester City have spent, the amount Paris Saint Germain have spent. Can't be any money for anyone. You know, we we spent a lot of money in the past, and Blackburn won it. You know, in in my time or just after my time. Um, when Jack Walker spent a load of money on players. So, listen, money money will buy success to a degree, or it will give you the opportunity to play success, providing the manager and the playing staff are picked correctly. So, you know, but we're in the mix. Uh, you can't win everything, but we're, we're in it. And uh, providing Roman stays healthy and, and keen, and I'm sure he does and will, um, you know, long may it continue for the club and its supporters. Absolutely right. And, I mean, I should point out, actually, that, just under a third of those semi-final appearances were before Roman bought the club. So, uh, you know, we were, we were still we were on the road before he turned up, as we all know. But I tell you what, Kerry, what it, what it absolutely says, and I think you know, you you of all people would would embody and and get this is you cannot take this for granted. You know, you really can't. And I tell you what, it was really pleasing to see uh, Antonio Conte's. Uh, press conference today because he looked really happy. You know, he he he. You know, he he recognised that it's important that we're in a semi final. If we're in a semi final, we've got a chance to go and win a trophy, and that's what it's all about, isn't it? You know, the other thing as well. Yeah, it, it is what it's about. You know, we're, you're in it to win it. And the other mm. thing is, this competition has become a little bit of a um, a cat and mouse affair with regards mm. um, squads and with regards managers' ability to pick teams to win games, playing squad players and playing and giving rest to other players. And if you get it wrong, and uh, no disrespect, it, it is a bit of a dig at Jose. You know, uh, Bristol City, he's got it wrong. He's picked a team um, thinking that his big guns can come on and, and, and this is what they tend to do. And we've done it as well. And, you know, Leicester left off Mares uh, uh, and uh, Vardy against City. City played, made nine changes. You know, it's going to be interesting. Will Arsenal Wenger play a lesser side against us? And what side will we play against Arsenal? I'm pretty certain City um, 11 that played against Leicester that, or, or squad that went out, um, they'll get another run out against Bristol City, that's for sure. Um, mm. But uh, the Arsenal-Chelsea game, well, that's going to be very interesting indeed. It's now a semi-final and you're one step away from Wembley and, and, a, and a, till, a, a trophy. So, you know, does it continue to be squad players or, you know, a manager trying to win a game? Uh, so Conte's happy in his press conference. What teams he pick against Arsenal home and away? Mm. No, we shall see, won't we? Chidge. JK, in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. 
the thought of missing my beloved blue boy's life. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, more closer to, to home, in a sense, um, back to the Premier League. I mean, we, we played Southampton uh, last Saturday and uh, and we won 1-0, of course. Um, I mean, you know, in truth, Kerry, we battered them. I thought we were very, very good. And, and But it did occur to me, because we were moaning last week a lot, actually, as I recall, but uh, that was off the back of the West Ham game, where I, I do think we were wasteful. Um, against Southampton last Saturday, I, I don't think we were, actually. I think we were unlucky. I think we caught Fraser Forster on a superb day, and I think he played brilliantly. But on another day, that would have been 4-5-6, wouldn't it? Uh, we would have been aside. It's just a little bit of a doubt in your mind uh, that goes through when you don't convert the chances, whether it's the brilliance of the opposition keeper or, or, or bad luck or the referee or whatever. But, you know, 1-0, um, you know, it doesn't go down as brilliant, does it? It goes down no. as uh, okay, you know, because it, 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 you know, you win the game, you get three points, and you you move on. But you know, when Leicester put four past them, they had to improve a little bit better, um, yeah. and they had to get better than that because they can't, you know, they're not going to get smashed by four every week. So they're going to get an improved performance, and they did it defensively. They got lots of men behind the ball, and you know, we're always going to have to break teams down. City have it, you know, United have it, Arsenal and Chelsea, Tottenham, all the big sides are going to have. Um, what, what I would call teams who are, you know, not expected to be challenging for the title to, if you want, to coin a phrase, park the bus, get men behind the ball and defend um, for their lives and, and hopefully, you know, get some on the breakaway and perhaps snatch points. Um, we're going to have to put up with that. And I think Southampton did it to, to a degree. They, they were organised. We were the better team. We were in control. But there's always that opportunity when it's 1-0 that, you know, we could drop more home points, and, and that's when it would become disappointing. Um, so we have to make take these opportunities that present itself, and take these chances. You know, this is where perhaps we're a little bit short at the moment. You know, we've got. To, I always say we're better than most teams. We're one goal at least one goal better than most. Um, I'd like to see a few threes and fours. We have had it. You know, it has happened. Um, you know, it's happened this season, but. I'd like to see it on a more regular basis when we're that much in control, put these teams mm. to bed and make it a little bit easier. 
Yeah. I mean, I couldn't disagree with any of that. And, and I mean, I think you're right. I mean, ultimately, that's the trouble when you're only 1-0 ahead in this game. You know, anything can happen. You get a bad decision. You get a penalty against you. Somebody makes a mistake and wallop, you know, you, you lose the points. I think, I think the thing that, you know, made me look at it more like we were a bit unlucky and, and, and not quite as wasteful as we had been against West Ham is the fact that, you know, I mentioned this on the fancast on Monday, actually, because it's been driving me up the wall recently, is this kind of interplay around the, you know, the, the outs, just outside the penalty area where they're playing the ball across and looking for the perfect pass and almost the perfect goal. It, I mean, I know I'm old school, Kerry, but I have to say it really winds me up, mate. But what I saw on Saturday against Southampton, there was a willingness to shoot. And I mean, a lot of... Uh, a lot of those shots were saved by Forster, and that's what I mean when I say I think maybe we were a bit unlucky. But I was actually pleased to see us have a crack, you know, have a shot. You know, if you don't don't try and play through them all the time. If you see a gap, have a wallop. You know, who knows? You might get it. Might it might you might go in, or it might come off the keeper and, and the striker scores. Who knows? But I was pleased to see that. I, I, I'm interested to hear what you think. Yeah, well, um, there's no there's no uh, perfect way to score a goal. Any goal, no. a goal can come from any any way, anywhere, anyhow. Um, whether it's a shot, whether it's a deflection, whether it's a wonderful uh, six passes, intricate move, whether it's a cross and a header, it, you know, it could happen. But the thing is, when you, you talked about the interplay across the box in the final third and stuff like that, what it effectively does, if teams um, who haven't got, say, they only got three, four at the back, five at the back, they, if they want to defend it, they, they yeah. the interplay and they're looking for another position, teams invariably will get more and more men behind the ball and, and yeah. the more you try and move the move the ball to look yeah. for a better position, you've actually got another defender in behind the ball. So, it, you know, um, I'm all for quick passing, slick passing um, and breakaways. You know, we scored a lot of uh, goals against teams on breakaways with the pace of our attack. Uh, and and that, is a, that is one of the ways that we can do that when teams commit forward trying to get something. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you into play, but they've got to do something. They haven't really got a lot of options. You know, if it gets to where it comes back, if it's not there, keep possession, move the ball. This is what we're told uh, as players, you, you know, that's what they'll be told. Don't waste it. If there's no one in the box, don't just sling it in and hope, you know, keep the ball, yeah. work another position. Um, there's no right or wrong in this. The only right or wrong is if you score a goal. If you score a goal, yeah. that's perfect. If you don't score a goal, it's all fanning around and we go nowhere. So it's all about whether you put the ball in the back of the net. And, uh, you know, as, as I said before, I played in a time when Eddie Mikveski would boom a perfect uh, kick out of his hands. David Speedy would flick it on. I'd run in and two, two, two passes later, it was in the back of the net. So, Lovely. You know, perfect for <laughs> me, mate. I love that. <laughs> perfect for me as well. But, um, you know, I, I've, I've seen eight, nine, ten, twenty passes, you know, and it, yeah. you know, it was it's wonderful. So there isn't a right or wrong way in this. No, no, I agree. You know, ultimately, it's all about sticking the ball in the onion bag, isn't it? Um, yeah. Kind of picking up from that and then and looking a little bit towards Everton uh, on Saturday. I mean, you know, we, we had the three up front with William Hazard and uh, Pedro. And uh, I, I think, in a sense, it, to some extent, it proved Conte's point that actually when you when you have got a tough team to try and break down, uh, their their movement and pace and, and, and I think just their in, intelligent play actually can work very, very well. So... Uh, I think, in a sense, it, it, it proves that there is an alternative to playing Morata up front, um, particularly if the manager doesn't really fancy Batshuayi, which I'm beginning to think he doesn't. And, of course, on Saturday, um, he is faced with that choice, isn't he? Because, as we said earlier, Morata's going to be suspended. Um, so do you think he's going to play those three, or do you think he'll he'll plump for Batshuayi? 
Well, you asked me the question before because uh, when I went mm. to Huddersfield and, uh, and you know and they played really well and, and you know he, he changed uh, uh, that the formation and 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 they did very well and you asked me do I think he'd keep it um, for the Southampton game and and I wasn't sure I had to be honest it's whatever mm. was in his mind and uh, sure enough he left Morata on the bench and uh, you know he played um, if you want the the quick three or whatever you want to call them, the three midgets or, you know, the three-man <laughs> forward line. I really don't know what you call them, uh, but they're all similar types to me. Hadn't, hadn't been the best, of course. Um, and they all into play and, and so on. Uh, does it work? Does it work? Once I think once you get used to it, as you've already said about uh, the type of play they get, they get to the edge of the box and the thrust is there. I, I don't know. Uh, it's horses for courses. There's not an answer mm. on this one either. No, uh, it, it's one of them. Whatever works. You know, <clears throat> Bat Shuai might work in some of these cases. Uh, you know, a Maratta might work. I'm not sure that the, the, the three Littlands could win us the league uh, doing it the same way week in, week out. I really don't. Um, I think because teams will get used to it. And, uh, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure. I think there's room for a, what I call a central striker and um, someone on the line. Uh, and I think um, uh, Batshuayi could possibly get the nod with a view to changing the system if it hasn't worked. You know, up yeah. at Everton, you could have you could have a situation where you need some sort of outfall. You know, you're going to need a, someone to try and hit and hold the ball up. Now, whether he does it good or whether he doesn't do it so good, at least he is a target that you could hit and you've got a chance in the air. And you know, at least he can bow. The, the small ones are going to have to be paid to feet, work the ball out, or, or in behind and use the pace of these lads. Um, I don't know. It's out of context, however he sees it. And uh, yeah. it worked brilliantly at Huddersfield. Um, it could work against an Everton side again, I agree. I thought they were the, poor, the poorest side in the, in the division at one stage early, early on this year. Every time I watched them, I thought they were dreadful. But uh, they have picked up, I've got to be honest. They look a little bit more resilient. I still think they're not great. but uh, And I still, I'm still still expecting three points. Um, mm. But it is a difficult game. Historically, it's a, it's a difficult game away at Goodison. Um but I think this Chelsea side is good enough to go and win there based on whatever they're all about at the moment. But I've said that and, at Palace, I've said that I've said that at Palace, I've said that at West Ham and I've said that at various other places. So oh, yeah. I don't really know. I know. It it, it is it isn't easy, is it? I mean, you know but I, I think I think to be fair, I mean we are on a good run at the moment, and, and we shouldn't forget that. I mean, okay, some of the performances haven't been absolutely brilliant, but we're still, you know, we're still picking up the points. I think a lot of the Everton thing, you're right. I mean, their, their form really has picked up recently. I mean, they've they've won um, since since uh, Big Sam took over. They've they've won five and drawn one. Uh, and I mean, I know that they, some of the wins were against sides who are, who are not particularly, you know, who, who are near the bottom of the table. But the draw was against Liverpool, and that shouldn't be underestimated. You know, Rooney's got three goals in his last three games. Calvert-Lewin looks a good player. Sigurdsson's a threat. But I think the the interesting thing, really, Kerry, is that it's Big Sam, you know, and everything that he brings to the table. And I, and I had a look into this because there's a bit of a myth, I think, created about Big Sam generally, but also against us because, you know, people will remember he got one over us. Uh, he's got one over us quite recently, um, both as the manager for Sunderland and, and uh, Crystal Palace. Um, but interestingly... He's played. Uh, he, he's managed against Chelsea twenty six times in the Premier League, and yet he's only won four and drawn six and lost sixteen. So it's not quite as good as people might have you believe. And as I said, two of those wins were recent. I mean, that was the it's in April two thousand and seventeen. That was the two one win uh, with Palace at Stamford Bridge, 
And in May 2016, Sunderland beat us 3-2. In a sense, you could argue that both of those games were, in in fact, dead rubbers. Because, I mean, the title's pretty much done and dusted. In 2016, we were kind of, you know, recovering from from losing Mourinho, etc., etc. The other two... December 2012, West Ham beat us 3-1, and that was, I think, uh, Rafa Benitez's third game. So that was all all over the place then. And then in 2003, his Bolton side beat us 2-1 at home, and I think that was a last-minute goal, if, if my memory serves me correctly. But, of course, that would have been with Ranieri, so before Mourinho took over. So I think what I'm kind of saying in a very long-winded way is that I think it's a bit of a myth, actually, that Sam will usually get one over us because, actually, the stats don't bear that out. So maybe we should remember that when we go up there on Saturday, treat it like any other game, uh, trust the fact that we're better than them and go and get the three points, right? Well, um, I listened to what you've just gone on about. It was great intrigue, and I couldn't help thinking as you were talking. Um, I always believe that players win games, and only since modern football become more apparent that the manager, and since the special one come in, I've won games, I'm a champion, and all these quotes come out, that managers yep. are actually more important than players. Well, I don't hold with that. It doesn't matter who's in charge of who. You know, people get a little bit more organised. People were saying Roy Hodgson's a bad manager. He's doing all right with Palace. They've all of a sudden moved up. You know, you get, you get good ones, you get bad ones. At the end of the day, players win matches as far as I'm concerned. Um, and, and they always will do. What 11 you put out, all you get, you've got to give them confidence. You've got to give them belief got to give them uh, a bit of organisation in terms of set plays and what to do when the ball breaks down and so on um, and instill some confidence and let the flair players play and then they'll go and win the game for you. Um, all of this about Big Sam winning 10 and, and this one winning 4 and Jose Mourinho winning 6 and Arsene Wenger winning 2. I've never played Arsene Wenger. I would never play I've never played Jose Mourinho. It's Chelsea versus Everton and there's 11 players going to go out there plus 3 off the bench. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't matter what Big Sam does. He can he can change three two in the game. He can do he can try to influence certain things, um, but he's not playing. And uh, you know, if I was a centre forward, there, I'd be more concerned about how my centre half is playing um, than whatever their, their opposing manager is doing. So you know, I don't give credence to all his manager stuff. It's a it's a self um, pat on the back things that managers do to get themselves important. And and various hats have jumped on the bandwagon when they tend to write more about what people say in the aftermath of each particular game and what they do on the touchline, rather than report on what's actually happening in the game. So, you know, I'm not giving all the credence. The, whether the manager does a dance, whether he don't kick, sits down, whether he smiles or whether he kicks the bucket, or whatever he does, it's about who, wins, who does what on the football field, what players and what supporters go to watch. Love it, mate. I love it. I, I, I could not have said that better myself. That was music to my ears. I'm just actually thinking about it. Um, did you ever play against Big Sam? Not physically, no. Um, no, you might have just missed out, yeah. Time, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Mick, Mick Arthur told me he played against him and the pair of them were smacking neck out of each other, you know, they were elbowing <laughs> and headbutting and doing all sorts of... But that was uh, just before I saw him come to Chelsea. I was going to say, it must have been around that time. I mean, I, know, I remember famously, I think, uh, towards the end of a season... Um, I think Sam scored an own goal against us, which pretty much guaranteed. I think it kept us in the in the second division or something like that. I, I might, you know, it's a while ago. My memory's not what it was, but I, I was wondering if you'd have just about crossed over, but apparently not. But you're right. At the end of the day, Kerry, he's not kicking the ball on Saturday, is he? Um, but I, I do, I do suspect that. That having been said, I, you know, let's be under no illusion here. I, I, this is not going to be an easy match. 
and uh, he'll be well up for it, as, as will Everton, and we will need to be at it from the word go. And of course, guess what? It's another flaming early kickoff. Uh, so uh, I'm just hoping that Chelsea will be absolutely on it from word go because you know if they don't they they'll be in for a tough match, won't they? Certainly will. Um, you know, um, you know, just going back on that manager's one, and I'll come back to the tough game, whatever it is going to be, because historically it says it's a goodish and, and the supporters and the forty odd thousand that go there are going to mm. demand that uh, their players do the best they possibly can. Um, they can only do whatever they do within the realms of their capabilities, of course. Um, the manager can shout and ball and do whatever he wants, as I've said. But if, if Big Sam is the, the great manager and got it all right, well, in that case, it should be a draw because Conte's done all right since Huddersfield and so on. And we picked up a similar sort of level of performance. So, mm. you know, um, if, if everyone who believes the hype about managers are all great and they can do whatever they want and they, they're champions and they win, um, it, should be, it should be a draw because of current form, I'd say Everton and Chelsea are pretty similar. Um, mm. Having said that, we've got, we've got the likes of Hazard, they've got Bruley, and... Uh, you know, we've got one or two others that I believe can win the match uh, in a vein a little bit more than they have. You know, um, I agree mm. with Sigurdsson. I don't see many others. Aaron Lennon can run around if he's picked. Um, he's a bit pacey at times. But I think we've got more winners on uh, our, our potential match winners on our side in the likes of William and, you know, the, the passing of Fabregas. Incidentally, I don't know what the team's going to be and what he's going to pick. But mm. I think uh, in our squad, there's uh, more winners and hence the position in the league. So, I'm going, I'm, as I do for most games, I, I, I see a Chelsea squad going north um, with a view to getting three points. Um, I really do. Um, and it's only the players that let themselves down. Um, I, that's another thing, just going back on the managers, because you hit on a, one of my pet hates um, mm. with, with regard to them. Um, the managers never lose games, do they? It's always the players' fault. You know, yeah. the, the managers <laughs> just get on with it. They take the braids, I'm the champion, I've made the changes. But when they lose games, they don't. Ultimately, they carry the can, of course. You know, mm. but that comes from the directors, and they, they face the sackers. Sadly, Paul Clement went from Swansea. You know, they do carry the can. You never hear a manager say, "No, they were better than us today, and uh, we were second best, and uh, we'll have to improve." Uh, that'd be music to my ears. You talk about music to your ears when a manager stops uh, elevating themselves up the ladder every time it's a press conference, and uh, you know, I'm a champion. How good they are to actually come down and say that a team was better than them on the day, and. Uh, they had better players, played better, and uh, we were second best, and we got improved next game. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, I also agree with you. I think you know, I, I really think you know exactly as you said. You know, we are, we should be Everton, even if it is away. Uh, but we do have to turn up, and that's the prerequisite. But I, I, I think we're a goal better than them. I mean, I, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you as well. The fact that you know that. The sensible head on me says that it could easily be a draw, but I'm I'm going to go for two one. But I wouldn't be surprised if it is a draw. But I go with hope as always, Kerry, that we'll come back with the three points. I'm with you on that two one. Um, I believe that uh, it is similar. Performances are good, uh, good on both uh, of late. Uh, results are good on, on both of late, and uh, I think Chelsea have got uh, a little bit more in terms of a match winner than they have. So I'm going two one with you. Mm. Mm. Well, hopefully, hopefully it will be a Christmas cracker. No pun intended. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Sadly, won't be there, but uh, good luck to the uh, the hardy brave souls from Chelsea who who will be because it's a bit of a grim trip up there and getting back just before Christmas. But uh, I, I know that uh, the trip up to Goodison Park is is well loved by most who who go. So good luck to them, and of course, a very happy Christmas and uh, or Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to all of our all of our listeners from from me. And I'm sure you would echo that. Yes, of course I would, and just on the back of that, uh, Goodison Park playing surface used to be uh, 
one of the best surfaces in the league. I mm. should love playing there. Um, it, mm. it, it was always perfect. It, it was great. Um, they're very, they're a very well received crowd. I have to say as well. You know, Chelsea fans uh, used to go there as they went everywhere in abundance, and uh, you know, it should be a decent atmosphere. Um, on the back of what you've just said, of course, I wish everyone uh, a very merry Christmas and uh, hopefully a very happy New Year and uh, plenty of points and. Uh, one or two points over over the period, and um, and uh, goodwill to everyone. So uh, wish you all the best, and hopefully be speaking to you. I don't know quite when uh, we're going to do the next show. I'm sure it's sometime well, next week. Well, the, the well the quirk the quirk of the Christmas fixture list. Actually, I'm glad you've reminded me of that because I'd have forgotten. But the quirk of the Christmas fixture list means that. Uh, the Chelsea Fancast, the show that we normally do on the Monday night, we're moving it to Thursday. So we're going to be doing our next Chelsea Fancast on the 28th of December and then the week following that because of the way that the Christmas fixtures work. So that means that you and I are going to get a break. We won't be doing no a problem. Thursday show for the next two weeks. But we, we, you and I will be back in the new year. Uh, I think, uh, just as my head tells me, something like the the 11th of January. Seems like a long time away but it's only a couple of weeks really but we'll be back for that but uh, until then Matt I just want to wish you a very happy Christmas and a happy new year and thank you for everything that you've done for the show so far this season and of course last season as well but have a great break mate, have a great Christmas and enjoy it. Well ditto um, with that because you've done uh, equally as much as me as far as the show is concerned and uh, you add to 50% of the, the chat and uh, uh, the questions and uh, it's been great talking to you as always Dave. Uh, Lovely stuff. We'll have plenty to talk about on the 11th, that's for sure. Well, you we will. I mean, it'll it'll be on the back of the uh, of the Norwich Cup match, of course, the FA Cup match on the sixth. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be a cracking game as well. But lots of games to get through, so we can we can have a good old catch up then. But as I said, mate, have a great Christmas, and uh, we'll be speaking again in the new year. Cheers, It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.